Hello, welcome to the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host, Yakub Mir. I'm with my co-host, Mark. Today on the podcast, we want to chat more about the lack of diversity in the industry. It's something that we both feel very passionate about and uh, one, one thing that we need to keep talking about as an industry. Um, and we want to chat with the Black Originals about what they're doing in the industry and how they're promoting minorities in the industry. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you learn something from it and educate yourself from it. Um, it's one conversation that we need to keep having. Um, so I hope, you, I hope you find it useful. So there we go. We're into the podcast. Welcome to, uh, welcome to the Creative Waffle Podcast. Yeah, Jakob, this is your you. first uh, first podcast well, host as well. First time po- uh, co-hosting. I've done one guest and one co-host. That's it. Hopefully, it won't be my last. Depends how badly <laughs> I mess this up. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, we've got off to a good start with uh, sports banter, which I, I haven't understood most of it. To be honest, I've I'm sorry. Missed out on that. <laughs> no All you need to know. Are the Cowboys are the most mediocre team? Oh no! <laughs> some real Stephen A. stuff right now. Says the three and thirteen fan. Says the three and thirteen New York Giants fan. I'm self-aware. <laughs> we're, we're terrible right now. We're, <laughs> we're mediocre. Sorry, Amen. I have a really loud dog. It's all good. What about us? We probably have some Cowboys talk about jumping. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is something I miss out on um, by talking to American sports fans. So they just don't get football, so I can't can't jump in. But um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'll get you into. It. I got my best friend into it. He had no idea before me, so I'll get you. We'll I'll get you to pick a team. My best friend, he went. How about I support the Detroit Lions? I went. You don't want to do that. Oh no. <laughs> so, so he uh, he picked the Steelers and hasn't regretted that since. But, so. I guess we'll start off with uh, what do you do and, and who are you? Why are you on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I'm Kelsey. I currently live in the Bronx, like I said earlier. Um, originally from Washington, D.C. Um, I'm actually the senior coordinator of new media and original content for Major League Baseball. So I basically work with video, video guys, graphic designers, and our platform editors who run our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and I help them decide on what graphics to post um, during large events. I help them kind of give creative creative direction, I guess you could say, for that. Um, previously, I was at Florida State with the football team doing their social media. So I do have a large background in football. This is my first time in baseball. So that's what I'm doing now. Nice. Um, I'm Jasmine Austin. I was previously with Bethune-Cookman University and with University of Oregon, basically as their art director, creative director, just um, developing their brand and making them be seen more and like a better way for them to be seen throughout the country. Um, I'm an ex-athlete. Like I said, I used to play basketball. So that kind of is how I stayed in sports, stayed close to sports and combining like my love for branding and design with sports. So that's me. Same here. Definitely an ex-athlete. And that's why I'm in sports as well. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't pick up a weight. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Have you seen many uh, ex-athletes go into like creativity and design design scene? You know, like you would think that it would be a lot more I don't really come across a lot of people that are creative that were ex-athletes. I mean, there are some, but it's more so people that have always been just fans of it and then found another way to stay close to it. Mm. 
Yeah, I think more so um, athletes in general. I think they have a huge love for photography. So I see a lot of athletes picking up like photography on the side versus like design and and art. Um, But a lot of them I've seen go into sports from like an administrative or um, a marketing standpoint. So Hmm. I guess they know quite a lot about sponsorships and stuff like that. So yeah, for Um, sure. That's interesting. Yeah, something I haven't really considered that what, what athletes do after after they retire <laughs> yeah they they definitely have to find something you know sports does not last forever unfortunately on the playing side so it's funny yeah. because when i was in school i had no idea this existed i um it kind of like was emerging once i graduated and then it just like took off here lately as far as like graphic design and sports so it's still pretty new for everybody so, so how did you both transition from being an athlete to being creative and, and setting up the Black Originals? And I guess uh, talk about what that is as well. Um, oh, go ahead, Jess. All right. So I got hurt my senior year and couldn't play basketball at all anymore. So I had to figure out like what I wanted to do and like where I wanted to I guess, start my career. I started working at Nike and um, as a visual specialist and actually one of the um, people that is on board with the Black Originals, Sam Hawks, he's like my best friend. And we kind of have always been like a pair where like we'll just spew our dreams and just talk about what we want to do next. And it just kind of like evolved since then. Like I met Sam in 2014 and the Black Originals didn't happen until 2020. So, I mean, we've always wanted to collab and like find a way to just I don't know, just all of our interests in one. And then I met Kelsey and I met Bianca and I was just like, it's just something we have to create for for us. Um, Black Originals is really just a, a service or resource for anybody that's looking to get into sports, help someone build their brand or have their brand being built. And it just kind of went from there. Like, um, this wasn't the original idea for Black Originals, but like, as I said, when I got with Kelsey and when I got with Bianca, like just where we took it is like so far from um, the original idea. And I'm like thankful to have friends that I could just call on and they're just able to help me and like help my idea just go forward. Yeah, Jazz is the homie. Um, it's funny because I actually played sports all the way up until my senior year of high school, and I just quit. Like, I sports took up so much time because I was a three-sport athlete, so I played soccer, softball, and basketball. So I really had no personal life as, a, like, a teenager or a kid. And so, you know, me thinking, like, okay, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to party, I'm going to go, you know, do my schoolwork, and it was just like, basketball, I don't, I don't want to do that, softball, I don't want to do that. So I literally just stopped everything, and I wanted to be, like, a regular college kid. So I eventually um, got into my sports information department at my college because they had an internship um, working there. And so I was like, oh, okay, this sounds cool. And so I started doing stuff on camera. I was, like, doing a little bit of everything, like photo, video, um, I was calling baseball games, like you name it. It was just a bunch of stuff I was doing. And so that's how I kind of started into sports. And just to echo Jasmine, like me and Jasmine actually met through Twitter just because like our sports network is really tight knit. So there's a lot of people that we follow that we interact with all the time. And that's how I met Jasmine. And then when I was working at Florida State and she was working at Bethune-Cookman, there was a softball tournament between our two teams. So she actually traveled with the team and that's the first time we got to meet in person. And then we were just like, oh yeah, like we're homies, like, you know, just kind of kicking it. 
And, um, you know, just to kind of repeat what she said again, the Black Originals is definitely just a resource for people who look like us in sports media and also outside of sports media, like people who started their own business, um, athletes who are looking to build on their personal brand and customize their experience. Because the, the funny thing is that we find as Black women working in sports media, there's not a lot of us. And also um, a lot of black athletes also wonder like, okay, well, who's behind the scenes that looks like us? Like, where can we find these people? So we just kind of created that database just so they can find us a bit easier. Um, I think our main goal, I would say within the next like six months to a year is obviously keep growing our database. And eventually we can pitch our database to larger companies who are looking to diversify their workplaces. Nice. That sounds great. I mean, so much to unpack there. So first of all, uh, Jasmine, you said about um, having a goal and, and like speaking out loud and, and talking about it um, to your friends. So, like, me and Yaku were just talking about that. Like, we had a podcast together about it uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about goals and like working in New York and, and like, being these amazing designers and like, wanting to really pursue ourselves. And even to the, we recorded a whole podcast about how we can get like Michael Jordan's mentality and his work ethic, Kobe Bryant's mentality into our own design career. And how we like look at sports stars and, and take things from them and like really look up to them. Um, so much so that I bought like I bought like a Michael Jordan uh, signed base uh, signed basketball card. Uh, nice. I got it. Over, <laughs> I can get it. Uh, but it cost me like yeah. just just seeing that on my desk. It's so much motivation. I got Muhammad Ali yeah. one now as well. That came. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought a Kobe's Mamba Mentality book and it just sits and. That's dope. That yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, but like, like you said, that's, that visualization is so, like, so important for us, for young people as well. Like just just um, being able to being able to uh, see it and speak it, and um, yeah, and we see that all the time in sports stars and something different. Yeah, definitely echo. Um, but another thing, one reason why I wanted to bring you on the podcast as well, and, and you talked about uh, finding similar people, uh, looking up to similar people in, in your career, and finding people that look like you, so that you can you can relate to them. Um, one thing that I spoke to Damien about last uh, couple of podcasts ago uh, is about having role models in the industry. And fortunately for myself, you know that's not been an issue. Um, and, and we've you know we've come to talk, talking about it and realizing you know, that's a real, that's a big issue, like in a negative sense of it's people aren't getting role models. That's why the industry and the creative industry is so white. And um, but yeah, we, we had a whole podcast about it, but um, I'm sure we'll talk about more about that here and that's what part of what you guys do but uh yeah it's um i'm not sure where i'm going with this but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, it, yeah actually maybe we'll just start there uh, what why is why is that such a big issue and, and what are you guys trying to trying to do to um to change that it's funny like you mentioned that i um had a conversation with uh, something similar to this with one of my friends earlier this week and i was just saying how how in college when I was in school, I didn't really have anybody like how my student athletes have me. I didn't really have anybody to look to, to spew ideas with, or just like someone that could understand me. And I feel like the black originals could almost help people, help student athletes in that sense. Um, I was probably the youngest person working in my athletic department during that time. And that's why so many um, young athletes would come down and talk to me and just like, want to learn more about what we're doing and about like the integration or stuff that they could do outside of sports. And, um, that's always been near and dear to me. Um, 
even if I couldn't have that specific role model when I was in school, like to be able to do that for someone else is just, just as good in my eyes. So I understand that fully. Yeah. And me, me personally, cause we've both worked in college at, um, athletic environments. Like a lot of our players, especially in football, tend to be black Af- or African-American males. And so when they see, you know, black women or black men in administrative positions or in creative positions, they say to themselves like, oh, you know, we're not just athletes. Like we're not the only, you know, people looking like us that are just on the field. And like Jasmine said, like a lot of my athletes came to me and they talked to me um, even about personal stuff. And it was just, I think it was a more of a relief for them because they felt like, oh, I couldn't go to anybody before, but I can go to, I can go to someone here now who understands where we are. And to even um, hit on your point earlier, I also think it's important for someone like me who is a Black woman to understand that there are allies who are not Black. Um, because my first actual mentor, he worked for the Washington Nationals. And this was this had to be in like 2010 um, when I was really first starting out and I was really trying to get into the industry. And he, he helped me so much. Um, and he wasn't even in media. Like he works in um, analytics. And so this was like my first ever mentor, a white male. And just to have him as an ally felt really important for me going forward, even though like it would be it would be nice to have a black woman as a mentor. But someone who was an ally was just as important to me. Yeah, I, I mean, you can hear me getting flustered and, and worrying not about saying the right thing or stuff like that. And, and that's the whole whole uh, problem. That's part of the problem. Not not thinking twice about what I'm saying. Um and not wondering if I'm saying the right thing as well. And and we talked about this with, with Damien. It's, um, I, we've seen it this week, especially, and last week with, with what's happened with George Floyd. And uh, it's been a real move around um, promoting more black creatives in the industry. And it's been, it's been great. I've loved, loved seeing it. And, and, and it's been a huge realization to me. And, and Jakob's helped me massively uh, this week, uh, understanding of people's situations and um, talking to me. And, and yeah, it, it's been a real shift. Um, it's just unfortunate circumstances that you know, we don't get taught of that from, from a very young age. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The funny part is that we weren't even like planning to do our website launch this early, but we yeah. felt like it was probably the right time to capitalize on the moment. Um, mm. So like Jasmine had been working on the website for a couple months previously and she's like, yeah, it's up. I mean, it's just not live. So we just figured like, you know what, let's just make it live, you know, because I think a lot of creatives were looking for a space like that. So we pushed it up. Nice. nice. Yeah. And on top of the Black Originals, like um, another way, like Kelsey even came up with this idea, like we have a group me of just Black sports like media people right now that it is really like a almost like a therapy group like you can just go to that group to just vent out something you're going through just because you know they'll understand and I feel like the black originals is almost that to like a bigger platform yeah Yeah, definitely it's definitely important to have you know a community now more than ever right Uh, and, and build on that. I think a, a voice, you know, a unified voice is a lot stronger than a house divided. For and sure. It, it, I like it's, that. it's unfortunate that something so tragic has happened and has really opened people's eyes up. Mm-hmm. But um, there's always something to, to learn from that, I guess, as unfortunate. Uh, it's, it's still kind of hard for me to talk about. I've, like me personally, I'm, I'm Pakistani, I'm Muslim, I've been through negativity in my life but 
I know that my experience as Pakistani and Muslim are not the same as uh, somebody who, you know, is black. And uh, I think it's important for me and everyone to learn uh, uh, other people's perspective and learn how to walk in other people's shoes. I think having that community call and uh, just being able to hear other people's um, experiences in life can really open your eyes about how worse, how bad this situation is and what what can we do to make it better for sure yeah for sure i think a lot of it's just understanding or trying to get to a certain understanding especially within um the new generation like gen z millennials um and even i guess generation x too like we just want more of an understanding about what we do go through on a daily basis um and so i think it i think Obviously, you know, with the tragedy that happened, like we never want to see it happen. But the the upside is that there's so much dialogue happening now that people are forced to talk about it. I mean, there's no sports like people aren't vacationing. There's no distraction. So, I mean, realistically, like the world had to stop for people to kind of get a grasp on what's going on. There's a conversation that needs to keep going. I think mm -hmm. um, we, we had this conversation about, you know, uh, we don't ever want it to become a trend that passes and goes. Um, diversity in life and in creativity is something that needs to be constantly expressed. Uh, I think hopefully, I mean, we're all here all of the opinion that the world is better with a more diverse crew. Sure. You know? uh, yeah. Whether it be in design, hiring people who are uh, from different backgrounds, from different uh, races, from different experiences, that... Um, makes makes the world better and makes the design community better it makes the work better because uh like i remember you saying mark on the podcast the last the previous podcast that ho the whole idea of um everyone's experiences can benefit you know can aid design and yeah you, you shouldn't, of you thought, shouldn't yeah. hire exactly diversity of thought and you shouldn't hire necessarily Ooh, I like that too. someone <laughs> that you're comfortable with just because you know they're like you I think if you expand your mind, expand your, um, you know, your ideas, uh, better things will come of it. And that comes from diversity. For sure. Yeah. For sure. A multi-perspective workplace is definitely a winning one. Um, there's, there's actually a panel that I was on two weeks ago and um, there was a white male who asked me, you know, he, I guess he's one of the hiring managers at his job. And he asked, you know, where can, well, where can we find like more diverse I guess, candidates. And that's a, really another reason why we started the Black Originals, because it's like, okay, if you're looking for people, you know, that you want to diversify your workplace with, like, here's a resource for you. So I think a lot of people who um, typically weren't looking before can now have an outlet to say, okay, I can go in here, kind of sift through portfolios and see what works yep. for me and my team. And that should be just the way it is, I think, in creativity. It shouldn't mm -hmm. be a matter of, I'm going to hire this race now and the next one I'll hire somebody else. It should just always be diverse. I think what you guys are doing in aiding that is is, is benefiting not just the creative industry, but so many people's lives yeah. uh, for the better. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank I, you. <laughs> I, th I think um, this is like a bit of a cop-out when it comes to... Um, designers listening um, um sorry design podcasters and people saying that they they haven't they've looked and they can't find they can't they can't find people mm -hmm. because because i just wasn't looking hard enough and mm -hmm. um and, and now and now i fully understand 
why it's important to have diversity of thought and why it's important to have different role models as well um and why it's why it's important to have these different faces on the podcast um with you know we're doing something about it and um i think many podcasts haven't spoken up about it yet and uh, i'm sure some people will be listening to it and i'm sort of a bit of a rant at them that for not posting anything about it or not posting enough about it or not talking about it enough so um yeah. <laughs> the fact that you realize that means everything is working though. Like that's big. That's huge. Yeah. That vulnerability yeah. is big. You know, you know what as well. I had a I had a, a I guess you can call it a debate, but a bit more of an argument with my grandparents about it just to test my theories, just to test myself. Cuz you know they they're from a very different era. Um mm-hmm. and like most people's grandparents listening, uh they'll be of different opinions as well and uh, it's shocking some of the stuff that they say um but yeah it's good to, to to have those talks with them to test how uh how much you actually believe in what you're, you're reading and how much you actually um how, i don't know test, test your test yourself so, so you make sure you're not <laughs> thinking that way yeah um I, i'm not sure if that's like a scientific way of saying it or, or like a good way of proving <laughs> it or anything but i don't know <laughs> It's it's just been a massive, um, mind blowing week, and I'm I'm glad it's happened in in a very selfish way, and uh, uh, probably not the right thing to say, but um, not not I'm glad I'm not glad that you know, George Floyd passed away like that. It's it's horrible. Um, I mean, I'm glad that I've had this realization. Yeah, yeah. Clarify that. Exactly what you mean. It's it's been a it's been a very therapeutic couple of weeks for everybody. I don't really think it just it's just for one race. I feel yeah. like I've realized a whole lot of things as well that have been wrong that even I've been doing just to help propel everybody forward. It's funny because I know you had talked about like diversity of thought and I um, last week I was just thinking like there has never been a time on Twitter where I felt like I could really say how I feel and here lately I feel like my Twitter platform can actually be like my thoughts for the first time in forever. Yeah so definitely agree. Because honestly, within our industry, um, we are held to the same standard as athletes. And a lot of times, um, you know, when you have the this or that with athletes in terms of, oh, do you shut up and dribble or do you speak about what's going on that mm-hmm. affects you? And a lot of times, like it was looked it was frowned upon if we spoke out on that same stuff, too, because our livelihood can be affected because we've seen it, unfortunately, in our industry where people do speak out on certain things and they and they get fired or they get, you know, they lose their jobs. And so we're very cautious about what we put on our social media channels for that reason. But like Jasmine said, like this is the first time where I've like 100 percent just said what I felt with no sort of, you know, fear of repercussion in general. Right. And I think that's great because it's now we're not so suppressed. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, like I say, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been an amazing week of of, of teaching myself. Um, yeah, uh, yeah just, there was just... a there was a. Um, did you guys watch the Michael Jordan documentary? Oh uh, yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, so there was like there was a part on there where they were interviewing him, and it was from an actual an old interview actually, and. They were telling him that, you know, you're like this huge superstar. Like, why are you not advocating for this, that, and the third? And he's just like, dude, I just want to play basketball. Like, I'm just here to do that. And it kind of bought an interesting debate in my own mind because a lot of times nowadays, athletes are kind of told to stick to sports and people who work in sports are told to stick to sports. But on the opposite side of that, there's so many people who are looking for these type of, you know, 
people to speak out on what's happening. So I think it's interesting for us in relation to the Black Originals because the athletes that we sort of recruit to be on our page, we want to let them know like, hey, it's okay for you to be a great athlete, but it's also okay for you to, you know, feed back into into your community, speak out on what's going on, because not only are we the ones who are on Twitter with our platforms that are now comfortable of saying things, they are too. So it's really just in addition to making them feel comfortable enough to, to say what they have to say and not face any repercussions for it. Yeah. Uh, someone like Colin Kaepernick really opened the door for that situation. And you, you see people like LeBron talk about uh, these kind of... Um, racial injustices more openly on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, or, or just on his social medias in general. But someone like Le, uh, Kaepernick, you know, starting... And I I, it's, I heard the uh, the Shut Up and Dribble interview and I, I couldn't hear... I, I couldn't believe my ears. Especially right. when that same woman recently, when Drew Brees spoke up, um, said, you know, he's, he's allowed to voice his opinion. I just thought there's the clearest... Uh, sh- showing of racism where if Drew Brees says that I won't uh, <laughs> listen to anyone who kneels during the anthem or uh, but you know if LeBron says something flag. Yeah. it disrespects the flag it's never never been about the flag right. yeah. she, she's completely missing the point I think she's you know or you know not willing to hear the point I think she's right. know, pushing right. an agenda so to speak Uh but yeah, Ka- Kaepernick definitely was the the first time I realized personally that there is something that needs to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially seeing him, you know, lose his job over it. Um, you know, luckily he had people like Nike backing him, uh, you know, giving him a platform to speak. Uh, I've lost I've lost my train of thought. I just started thinking <laughs> about the whole situation. It angers me. I, I, yeah. I, I can pick it up from there because, like, the um, the reason why a lot I think a lot of white people don't want to speak up is because they're scared about what other people will think of them if they speak up, and like, I know that's such a twisted. If you really think about it, that's such a twisted way of thinking because you're speaking yeah. up against racism. Like, if you if you've got people disagreeing with that, it's pff, you don't want them in your life anyway. You don't want that job if your boss is racist. Like, it's such a. I don't understand why people aren't talking about it more. Um, I, it might just be that we're so blinded to to it because we haven't experienced anything um and, and because we haven't experienced anything we can't sort of fathom any any um anything like that like the horrible yeah horribleness of it yeah and that's that's kind of the issue with what drew Brees said initially that he he had that um state you know my gra- my grandparents fought in world war Two, but I, he'd failed to understand that you know Black people's grandparents also fought in World War Two for rights that they didn't even get when they came home. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> luckily, well, I don't know about luckily, but Lebr- um, Breeze suffered a giant backlash and now is doing his best to listen. I hope that he's listening in the sake of for himself more so than his media presence and his image. Uh, I hope he's opening his eyes because he's got teammates that he's throwing balls to every week and he's saying the exact opposite of what his team saying. Right. Yeah. And I, I hope for his sake and for many people like him, uh, he is the example of someone who has said something uh, and has had, had his eyes open and is now willing to listen and understand 
and be able to walk in somebody else's shoes instead of thinking about their own. Yeah. To um, piggyback off Kelsey bringing up the Michael Jordan documentary, that whole scene where they were talking about why Jordan didn't speak up is always something like in the back of my mind of why I felt like Michael Jordan could never truly be the GOAT just because he never like used his platform to help mm-hmm. Black people. I feel like Jordan was always, he stayed quiet. And now after watching that documentary, I understood more why he didn't. So I definitely mm-hmm. gained more understanding for him um, because I was always mad, not mad, but like I always felt a type of way toward Michael Jordan for never like speaking up when he saw how how much of an impact, how much the world loved him and he never used that platform to speak about anything that mattered. So. Yeah. Was it about shoes? Is that, is that what the quote was? It was because I bet you said like, was it conservatives or Republicans? I can't, I don't know which one's which, but um, no, it was shoes, something like the about opposites. shoes. Yeah. Um, Cause there was a black guy running for, um, I can't remember. Actually, I can't, I'm not terrible with American yeah. politics. Yeah. There was a guy it, running for, sorry, go on. No, yeah, I I remember the the part in the documentary. He was like running for something, some office, and yeah. basically was like, I guess not trying to compare himself to his position, be mm-hmm. like being that he was an athlete and this person was running for some sort of political office. Um, but yeah, I mean, it like I said earlier, it's really such a balance between an athlete quote unquote sticking to sports and then also using their platform because they can use their platform in a lot of different ways. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be about like political unrest. And a lot of times we overlook the athletes who are using that platform for other things that don't have to do with political unrest and it gets overshadowed. And that's kind of the unfortunate part because the first person that comes into my mind is Martellus Bennett. Um, Martellus Bennett is a former tight end uh, for the New England Patriots, I believe. Um, I can't remember the team he was with before, but he has c- come out with a line of like children's books and he's like an illustrator and he's very, t- he's very talented. And Marcellus actually was talking about a lot of political unrest on his Twitter in the past like week or so. But, you know, it's, it sucks because it's like a lot of, you know, media personnel don't want athletes to speak out or use their platform in different ways. But it's like, they don't necessarily have to use their platform to speak about political unrest. Like if we were to do a better job of highlighting the platforms that they do use for other things, I think there would be more um, of an encouragement for athletes to speak out in any sort of way, not just political unrest. I agree. Yeah. Um, I I think it also comes down to the media as well. Like you've seen in the UK uh, around, well, around many things, but around, around, like sports stars being shamed for not um, not being the performers in, during the coronavirus, not willing to risk their lives like to to go and play football so they can entertain the nation. That's been a that's been a real uh, story in the UK. Like footballers wow. won't go and yeah, I know it's great. Our media is terrible. Um, <laughs> like they've been told they've been told to go and go and play football so we you know we've got something to watch on TV. And there's obviously loads of footballers have refused to do that early on. It's coming back now, but earlier on when it wasn't safe and they've been shamed for not donating more and all sorts. But you've also seen the media like um, clearly be racist, be racist about uh, subjects like young footballers buying their mums and, and dads and families homes because they've got the money. 
but there's been exactly the same story. Obviously, two different footballers, a white guy and a black guy. Um, but it's been spun to both diff- the, the different ways because of the skin, and it like it's just it's just so um, so ingrained in our nation. Um, I guess it's similar to, to America. But I, I, from my understanding, you have more of a, a, a difference between the networks in media. Um, yeah, our. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it because I consider myself like a media member, I guess, because I've worked in social media for a long time. But our media is not that much better <laughs> than what you mm-hmm. described. Um, there's well, we're definitely talking about a lot the big of bias. Media, right? Yeah, there's definitely like a lot of bias, um, especially in you know television media um and print media too but yeah i mean it's it's really unfortunate and it it's one thing to um spin a narrative especially based on what a person looks like but when your audience kind of sees it it's 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 really hard to say face at that point because it's now it's like we see the bias and we're, we're not in support of it anymore and you know it's I think now is the time, like you said, with within the past couple of weeks, I think a lot of media personnel has woken up to the fact that like we have seen your bias for a long time. Now is the time that we're speaking out on it. Um, so definitely like change your policies, change the way you report, change the way you write. I'm it's not definitely sure. a scary. Sorry, go. No, no, you go. I was I was quickly chiming and saying it's definitely a scary thing when you see the same article in CNN and Fox and they're saying two very different things. Uh, I, and it's really hard to find a unbiased platform for that. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know which media, um, in America at least, is a, is a more unbiased platform. It would be if really hard to. I was gonna say it would be really hard to figure out which one is because mm-hmm. I felt like all the larger media companies have at some point shown some sort of bias. Yeah. Whether it be like race, gender background like anything yeah and this is this is where i struggle with it in the uk because i see the bbc and they're the ones that are meant to be unbiased or are meant to be you know less biased um and, and yet i think you, know, you find out that they're negotiating deals with the, with the government to to make sure that they're on first like they're, they're the bbc they are, are the ones that are um doing the debates and they're the ones that are, are the first in line when asking questions to the prime minister so it's clearly it's clearly some sort of bias because you want to impress the government. You want to be you know, their pals and you'll do whatever they say. And it, it's, it's also been seen this week uh, in um, showing the, the protests and things, but then also seeing the new Madeleine McCann. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but with the new Madeleine McCann case um, of you know, showing that and on the, on the newspapers as well, showing that on the front page because it's going to sell more newspapers and yeah. giving that the spotlight, even though it's a 13-year-old case and... Um, and it's just it's just one. Or the horses car, are getting injured in rallies is another one. Yeah, like the police horses are getting injured when, mm. like, they're not just not focusing on the right thing. No one's understanding. Well, the people are sort of understanding. Younger design, younger people. I keep coming back to designers, but younger people. Um, and, and it's the, the people in the in the situations that are making the decisions that are watching the news. I think our generation. I'm not sure what you think about this, Jacob, but. I think our generation are realised that the media is not to be trusted uh, yeah, for the majority. I think, I think people in our generation are beginning to open our eyes and try and try and find a more unbiased uh, news source, which it, it's super hard to find. You know, right. um, there are, I, I've struggled. There are people, um, 
on Instagram that I follow that um, offer a more unbiased opinion. It, it's you, you can, I could never turn on the TV and find something that is unbiased. Right. It's always going to be opinion based. I, I I just think it's it's scary when something that's you know supposed to be factual comes down to an opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know that might be all right as well, and to some extent, you might be all right saying the BBC has an opinion because they're they're all it's an organisation they want to look after themselves. But then mm. it's down to the user as well to to go and look at both sides of the argument. Exactly. And I think that's where it falls apart because we're not willing to do the research. Like this case, like right now, we're we're not willing to go and speak to people that are different to us. We're not willing. We, we get uncomfortable about that. And um, as a, as a, as you probably heard earlier on, I was a bit uncomfortable. Like. Am I saying the right stuff? You know, I'm an R-ing. And until you start talking to other people, you're not going to get over that. And it's just going to be the same way. And I think, yeah, it, it's been a it's been a real awakening for a lot of uh, people our age. Uh, yeah. And I think the, the generation under us, um, I consider Generation Z, I think they're even more willing to be uncomfortable and have the, the conversation because... To be honest with you, I think Generation Z are the top people like pushing, you know, for change. And that's something great to see because they are the future. So like I think it's in their hands at this point. Um and it's you know, it's it's great to see them just not stand for just, you know, inequality in any sort of way. Is is that us <laughs> You know, I'm twenty two. I don't know what generation I count yeah, as. Yeah, that's you. Yes, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was just saying that I'm, I'm turning 23 and I hate the fact that I'm getting older. <laughs> oh my God. I actually wish I could be 23 again. Like, I'm, thir- I'm turning 30 in October, so I'm just like, oh, 23, the good days. I, I have an ongoing joke with my boss. He's, uh, he's in his mid 30s, but he talks like he's the oldest person in the world. And instead, <laughs> instead of uh, instead of saying, "No, nah, you're not that old," I, I just double down, even though I know that he's not that old. Right. <laughs> and if you ever if you ever speak to him, he's like the youngest person in the room. But he, he'll say something. I'll just go, "Yeah, I was I, I was six when that happened," just to see his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, it's important to chat about this sort of stuff. And um, uh, sorry, we're not trying to chat more about your design careers and your your, your creative careers no, and you're you. Fine. And stuff like that but uh, it's important to, to for me to use this to, to to talk about this especially when people in the industry aren't talking about it um yeah so <laughs> uh i guess we what sort of questions what, you, yeah, we've got any questions <laughs> this is where we should have prepared more <laughs> i mean we, all the notes that i wrote we've already hit on <laughs> i mean I, this I, is cool I, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I think for me and Jasmine, like we have the same ideals in terms of how we want to present athletes, um, even though we're on different sides of that. So obviously Jasmine has 10 times more creativity than I do. But I think on the opposite side, I have more of a way with like words. So like when, when we first started, like she basically was like, Kelsey, I need you for words. Like I need all of your communications. I need your, your digital stuff. And I'm thinking like, well, look, I need your design. I need, you know, your your eye for creativity. So I think, especially when we were, you know, picking the team and when she asked people to join, I think it was such a great pairing for all of us because each one of us has what the other lacks. Um, and 
I've seen, you know, before I even started working with Jasmine, like I've seen her work. And when I first started following her and I was just like, damn, this girl is good. Like, why is she so cre- Like, how is she so creative? Like, I can't even drag a photo properly in Photoshop some days. <laughs> and so <laughs> I just, you know, when she actually showed me all of the designs for the Black Originals, um, I was like blown away. I was like, this is really great. I love how our Instagram algorithm looks. Um, you know, just with the colors and, and the scheme and everything. So, I, you know, Jasmine is definitely one of my favorite designers. I know I'm like going off about her designs and stuff, yeah. but yeah, I just, she's like one of my faves. I know I'm making you blush. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate attention. I really hate attention. <laughs> You're on a podcast. I appreciate it though. <laughs> You're coming to podcast? You got attention on you. <laughs> <laughs> I've just always been cool with being behind the scenes. Not too much attention on me, so yeah, yeah. So you're you're a maker then. You're you're a doer. I'm definitely a doer. That's definitely yeah. yeah. That's good. We need people like that. I'm honestly like that too. Like I'm I'm more of a behind the scenes person too. But I know Jasmine is like ten times more behind the scenes than I am. So I'm like, all right, I got to speak up because I know she's she's gonna she's gonna lay low. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so who do you look up to in, in sports and, and what sort of traits do you take from them? Because that's a discussion I said we've had. And it's, a, it's a cool one. Yeah. It's a good discussion. Hmm. You can go first. I got to think. <laughs> um, I would say particularly in sports. Hmm. Um, actually, I look up to a, a woman named Melissa. Uh, I used to work for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, about two years ago and there was a woman there named Melissa I can't remember her last name but Melissa she looked exactly like me like she you know had dreadlocks and she was very like comfortable in her own skin regardless of you know who was around her and I just always thought that she you know just took everything full-fledged and was just unapologetic about who she was and the work that she did she works in marketing I, I believe she's the chief mark one of the chief market marketing officers um, but I just, you know, I always respected her. She was always nice to me. And it's definitely somebody that I look up to. And I think a lot of times the people like us who fall behind the scenes feel like no one's looking up to us and, you know, no one, like we're not the ones on TV. We're not that visible. Um, but yeah, Melissa's definitely someone I look up to. Um, I would be lying if I say I didn't look up to Jamel Hill just based on what she has done for her platform in terms of speaking out. Um, she's actually one of the people I thought about earlier when I was talking about people in our industry who speak out and face um, repercussions for their actions. She wasn't afraid to face the repercussions for her actions. And then it actually spinned off to her own podcast and her own building her own brand. So I thought that was great that she did that. Um, and I guess like from an athlete standpoint, um, Someone I definitely look up to would be Simone Biles. And that's like, it's weird to say because she's younger than me, but it's, you know, Simone is, she's just like a fearless person. I mean, from, from someone who worked in athletics and someone who was an athlete, never thought about gymnastics at all. Um, I think she brought so much good attention to the sport just based on what she was doing on and off the, off the uh, mat. So, yeah, I think Simone Biles, Melissa, and Jamel Hill are definitely three people that I look up to who resemble me, in a sense. Nice. I'll be honest, I don't know who, who they are, but nice. Yeah, um, Jamel's actually... Jamel, she's a former um, ESPN analyst. Um, she actually cool. had a show uh, with another former ESPN analyst. Um, 
And like I said, Melissa works for the Hawks. And Simone Biles is like a world-class gymnast. Like, I think I might have seen a few videos. Right? Yeah. She's, she's like, she's the amazing one that does like, all the flips. I mean, mm-hmm. gymnasts do the flips. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm digging myself the... a big hole here. <laughs> <laughs> she's part of the gymnastic team that came back with the most gold medals that one year, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah she's, I'm she's amazing. Seen, I think I've seen a picture. You, you, you'll, you'll see a picture and you'll know immediately. She's, mm-hmm. she's ultra-talented. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I think all of my um role models are outside of sports. Um, for sure, Michelle Obama is like everything I wish I could be. Um, I feel like she just has such a way with people, and she's just so careful and on point with whatever she lets out of her mouth. That's something I wish I had. Like I said, I <laughs> went and found Kelsey to find like to say the words that I'm not really that um gifted in saying but um I've always looked up to her and I feel like she's exactly the person I would want to be um another person she's in the entertainment industry Issa Rae uh, I don't even know if you guys watch her show it's called Insecure um she is so dope to me because she embraces being so awkward and I feel like she is me if I was able to write and make a show um She's just so inspirational to me because she just she's okay with who she is and she's not afraid to show that and that's something I want to get to at some point. So those two for sure stick out the most. Yeah, Issa women. actually started. Uh, she started on YouTube with a show called Awkward Black Girl, and she <laughs> kind of transitioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she kind of transitioned to HBO. So now she has Insecure and like it's a really popular show. But yeah, <laughs> she's very awkward. <laughs> And though. I am too, so I understand her fully. <laughs> I understand her fully. That's so cool, though. Yeah, you can go from, from YouTube to HBO and get this worldwide platform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. Yaku, who, who do you look up to? I and mean, we talked a little bit about on the, on the sports episode we recorded yeah. last time. I, I mostly talked about uh, Kobe. Yeah. And, you know, with, the, with his Mamba mentality, uh, his just willingness to you know, outwork everybody. Uh, you hear stories all the time about him messaging people at 4 a.m., say, come and work out, and he's already in a, you know, a heap of sweat because he's been working out for two hours before he even texts. Uh, the, the confidence that he had as well was incredible. But the uh, there's something, you know, about him being a, a, a girl dad that really hit me hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I've grown up with, uh, uh, my cousin, my cousins mostly. But I have a lot more girls in my family than uh, than guys. And I think if I ever if I ever become a father, I, I think I'm I think I'm gonna be a girl dad. And that's you know I'm gonna look for Kobe always uh, for inspiration because he just knew how to look after his kids. He's a good man, a good man to look up to for sure. Definitely. Sure. Oh, you sent me down a massive rabbit hole by the way of Kobe videos. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm not sorry because you need to watch them. No, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's a good rabbit hole. It's not one of those ones where you just get stuck down it and you just feel bad yeah. about yourself. It's one of those ones that motivates I you. The, uh, I saw one recently where it was an interview. I think it was in, in the later stages of his career, and a reporter said, "Oh, so ESPN rank, ranked you the 40th best player in the league." And he went, "I always knew they were idiots." I just love that <laughs> confidence to show. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. He, he knew he could beat anyone on that floor at any given yeah. time. And he wanted, he wanted to guard the best. He wanted to shoot over the best. You know, I, I aspire to be that confident for sure. Sure. 
Yeah. I, speaking of Kobe, like, I love that. Like, we, we at one point, we were particularly quiet on our Instagram feed. But when Kobe passed, um, Jasmine created templates for Kobe the athlete, Kobe the creative, and Kobe the entre- entrepreneur. So I thought that yeah. was, like, such a great way to highlight his diversity throughout, just, you know, outside of sports. And I think a lot of... Um, I think a lot of people who are in sports currently who have that sort of diversity are definitely great role models to look up to because they're not yeah. like one dimensional by any yeah. means. Kobe won an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. That, his books whole, are really good too. I don't books, know if you guys I've, have read it. They're really good. I've, I've got the Mamba Mentality book. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking to buy more. Uh, that day of basketball made me cry. Uh, yeah. He, he, whatever field he he was in, he wanted to be the best or what to be the best that he could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still can't even really talk about him right now. Yeah. Like, it's still too he fresh the, for me. the first celebrity in a while where I just weeped for like a week. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. I've got a Kobe signed card coming, by the way, just to bring that up. You? you know <laughs> yeah. what? I, I was That's looking good. at one the other day. I thought about sending you. <laughs> a lot of money. I'll pay for you that. Got, you got one. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get on eBay? Yeah, eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of these cards on eBay. They all come from America as well. It's like they, the, the customs fees will be huge. <laughs> but um, it's I worth was sat it. there the other day looking at um, his signature and like the fakes on eBay. I'm like, oh, that one's a fake. I oh, don't tell me that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're probably all real. You'll be fine. <laughs> Imagine if I get it. Backpedal, like, backpedal. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I try not to think about it too much. Like, <laughs> I'll get, I'll get you a, a signed Saquon. Uh, card. Oh That's god! <laughs> no one's gonna want a Dak Prescott card. It's okay. You'll you'll want <laughs> you'll want um, Amari Cooper more than more than. You know Saquon. what? I've got nothing bad to say about Amari Cooper. I think I think he's a great receiver. Yeah, I I love I love Saquon actually. Yeah, yeah and I miss I Odell. Yeah, I I, I don't know having Odell and. Barkley in the same team, yeah, for one whole season, and now we've got not to diss our uh, receiving core, but Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate's good. Sterling Shepard's good, but they're not. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. You know I, mean? I, I forgot Golden Tate is uh is on the Giants now, but yeah, I know. I, know I think exactly a lot of people mean. do. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we um, it's like speaking of the Kobe, like how like Jasmine laid out the artists, uh, creative and entrepreneurs. So that's something that we also want to start doing. Um, once we build like a reputable database, we're going to start highlighting our ace of the week. So we're going to pick an athlete, we're going to pick a creative and we're going to pick an entrepreneur and just kind of like showcase their work. So that way our followers have more of an idea of like who they are and stuff. So it'll definitely be another way to market some people on our site and hopefully drive some more, some more, uh, followers and signups and stuff see i i feel like we're doing a similar thing you know uh in in the sense of uh, promoting creatives and bringing people together building a community around something um mm-hmm. and it's great it's great to see i mean we jacob's just come on to the creative waffle team um and along with millie who are obviously not with us today <laughs> um uh, not on this podcast they're not passed away they're all right um <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah, I feel like we're doing something, something, something good here, and uh, I don't know where the point was going. I've lost the point again, but uh, what I'm talking <laughs> about, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, well, it's it's important to to continue to highlight diversity. I look at um, 
there's a guy who uh, graduated university the same same year as me, and he's doing this thing called Fuse. His name is Jahid, uh, and he's bringing spotlight to uh, people in you know, of color in the industry in the man. It's, it's reaching outside of the Manchester area now, which is it's really cool to see, and. Uh, I, you know, watching him do that is inspiring me also to to brainstorm ideas on wh- ways that I can help. Being, mm-hmm. you know, being Muslim and being Pakistani, you know, I uh, hopefully there are more people like me in the creative industry uh, that we can spotlight more people, more people of color in general. It doesn't matter if they're like me or they're not. I think it's important to continue right. to spotlight them uh, and continue to to you know show them how great. We don't need to show them how great they should, could be because they know how great they can be. Uh, but putting them in a situation where they can be great um, is, is something that we should always strive to do. Because you know, with or without us, they're gonna do. Creatives of color have and will always do great things. Uh, but then we need the spotlight. <laughs> we need yeah. we need some uh, some eyes on us. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Definitely need to get recognized. <laughs> Yeah, I think this has been the issue for, uh, like I say, for podcasters. And if, if we can do that on the Creative Waffle as well, I think that's it's, right now is the time where we're really sort of starting to think about this seriously. And, and um, yeah, like I say, realising after after last week. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like the idea of spotlight, spotlighting people each week. I know I know we're, uh, we're, all, we're all part of the same community and, and I always look at things in sports and like taking things from people. I don't want to like, just take that idea, but I might have to take it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yours. It's yours. Yeah, <laughs> I have a I have a book called Steal Like an Artist, and it's yeah. basically like mm-hmm. I've seen that book. yeah, yeah. It's just basically like you know every artist steals at some point. They just make it their own. So we yeah. we get it. I, I got I, yeah, that issue. used to be sorry. Go. No, no, you go. I was gonna say that was in my university. That used to be such a big deal. I remember like oh he stole my idea or she took took my idea. It happens, you know. Yeah. It, you just have to learn to to roll with the punches. Yeah, I got a real issue of being too too competitive, and I think you know we realised this. Just, <laughs> we realised that this week of uh, looking at other people who are, are also doing good in the industry, and then thinking, ah, yeah, but why can't I be better than them? Sort of thing, and it, yeah, it's it's an issue, and I think that comes from growing up being sports and stuff. How do you, do you guys look at that at all? Do you guys uh, have that issue at all, or is it just me being silly? <laughs> no, I uh, there has been like sometimes where I do, I guess, kind of compare my creativity to another person's creativity. And like you said, it really is like, because uh, being an an ex-athlete, like you're just like, you have this competitive spirit and you're like, okay, well, I want to be better than this person. I want to be the best. And it's like, well, I've, I've come to learn that as long as you're serving your purpose in some way, it really doesn't matter if your creativity is better or worse than someone else's. It's just like, as long as it serves a purpose. Um, and that just comes from my, my journalism background also, like, because I'm very adamant about telling stories in a, in a different way that I just feel like as long as my story or, you know, my creativity like touches someone, then I'm okay with that. That's lovely way to look at it. Yeah. Um, my favorite movie is this movie called Love Jones, and I always like replay this quote in my head when I start to like compare myself to any myself to anyone else. And it was a part in the movie where 
it was these two it was a couple and the girl was saying how she could never reach the level of this guy who i think it was like langston hughes she was comparing herself to i can't remember but the guy said to her he was like it's never about being like someone else is always about reaching your level and you being okay with that. And that's just always something that I replay to myself. Like, I just want to be the best me I can be, not comparing myself to anyone else. So, I do want to add that Love Jones is like a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> best movie ever made. Yeah. I'll give it a watch now. I don't know. Is it, what sort of film is it? Uh, it's like a romantic kind of so automatically yeah. person off my radar, you know. <laughs> but it's really good. It's a you should see it. You should yeah, watch it. It's, it's about a it's about a creative couple. Uh, one of the, the guy is a poet and the girl is an artist, and they kind of run into each other, find each other, but then they break up and go their separate ways, and then later on they kind of reconvene, get back together, and kind of live happily ever after. But it's yeah. it's good. It's maybe on the list down, down, down on the list. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do need to take that into consideration and, and properly get it into my head somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, I'm sort of using, I guess I'm using this a bit of anger, I guess, or competitiveness um, for, for a good way, I hope, of, <laughs> of making, like, using that anger and, and trying to make myself better by, because mm-hmm. of it. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it's coming out in a good way, like by, by having these conversations on the podcast or, uh, or by trying to do things other people aren't. It's um, maybe coming out in a good way. Hopefully, anyway, yeah. um, it's a weird, weird segue. I, I actually, I actually want to ask you about your jobs and like, uh, as someone who's just stepped into the industry of um, sports and creative fields and are working for a sports team, uh, how, how have you found that? Have you got any tips for people that are wanting to do that? Um, yeah, I get hit up. Yeah, um, I get hit up a lot about from black young black women currently in college or about to set foot in college. Um, just seeing my journey and seeing the things I've done and like just thanking me to say like this is like possible. And I think that's a huge, huge. I wouldn't say burden, but it's something that I have to constantly remind myself that I am doing something that people are looking up to um like I said this is a new thing like combining sports with creative and I'm not gonna say I'm gonna do everything right but just to have people that are still looking and seeing what I'm doing still feels like I'm taking a step in the right direction for sure yeah I think I would say for people that are looking to get into the sports industry um they have to take their nose and somehow spin it into a yes, because there's going to be so many rejections. Um, there's going to be, you know, people who like if you apply for a job and you don't get the job, um, apply for another job and you may not get that job, but keep applying. Like you, you kind of have to just take every no and spin it. Um, I actually have a story because when I first graduated college, I did not have any sort of job in sports lined up. Like the minute I graduated, I went home to my parents' house and I was folding jeans at Levi's. Like that was me post-college. And I remember like from the end of my junior year in college to my postgraduate career, I should say, um, I applied to work at ESPN maybe 30 to 40 times. And I got denied all 30 and 40 times. And I just did not give up. Like I was so determined to work there. And 
I actually one time got a call back and they were like, hey, like, you know, we want to interview you. So I went through this whole interview process. I had like three interviews with many panels, didn't get the job. And the minute that I got the rejection call, I went back on ESPN.com and I applied for another job. (laughs) And so they called me two days later and they're like, hey, like, you know, we saw that you apply for this, this position, like, and I told them, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I literally just interviewed for another one and I didn't get that job. So I figured, you know, I'd try this job and I eventually got that job that I applied for. And it's just really just to speak on like never giving up and just keep being persistent because a lot of times in the sports industry, persistence goes a longer way than experience does. So I would just say like, any way you can turn your no into a yes, like just just do it. That's an awesome story. I love that. Yeah. Uh, going from uh, one one creative um, job in in sports to another, how have you found that transition? Like, how how is it? Is it viewed upon in a bad way, or going from team to team, or uh, how hmm. how does that transition work? Yeah, I'd say uh, for me, like I said, I have a heavy background in football. And this is my first job. Well, I did work in the NBA briefly, um, but this is my first job in baseball. And to be to be very honest, I grew up playing softball, but I was not a huge MLB fan by any means because DC did not get an MLB team until like 2005. And at that time I was like 15 years old already. So I, you know, especially with baseball being a majority white male dominated sport, Um, in their fan base, I should say, Um, I was intimidated. Like I, you know, I went to work and I was very excited to get the opportunity, but I would be lying if I say I wasn't like scared about, you know, just kind of being the oddball out. And I think um, for my transition, it's made me embrace being different, especially in these times now where a lot of my coworkers are very adamant about being allies in in the time that we live in. So I think for me, just... turning that fear into something as like a badge of honor basically to wear. Um, Cause I, I take every experience, I don't take every experience lightly. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a huge transition going from football to baseball. And I think I, I give credit to the people that hired me because I know that they hired me because my background was different. So it makes me feel a lot better knowing that they appreciate the diversity that I bring to the table. That's great. Really good, yeah. What what's it like working for uh, American sports teams? Because that's maybe something I want to do one day. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Just interesting. Be ready to not have a life. Yeah, I'm I was gonna say. I'm already there. <laughs> we're both we're both way above like the the drivenness of most designers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work life balance is definitely hard to to do, especially in football, because I I would say that football is probably the most sought out sport in America. So there's a lot that goes behind, like just Mm. maintaining it. Um, Not a lot of free time at all, but I would say for me personally, because I work in a corporate setting, because like I work in the commissioner's office and not necessarily for an actual team. um, I actually have more of a work-life balance than I've ever had in in this time, which I'm very grateful for. But um, I mean, I'm pretty sure like, you know, English sports fans troll all day, every day on yep. social media. So it's the same with American sports. Like people just trolling, saying whatever they want to say. I've only talked bad about the Cowboys since we started this call. So. <laughs> That's expected. It's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so I mean, it's probably like, it's probably very similar. Um, yeah. I mean, Jasmine has more of a unique background because she's worked for like a company that not is not necessarily a sports company, but they market sports like with Nike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't necessarily had that experience. Like I've only worked for teams. So, or leagues, I should say. So, yeah. What was it like, Nike? Was, was it coming out of the debate of like Nike versus Nike as well? Coming out of that argument? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like... I go back and forth. That's the problem. I'm, I look I'm, at Nike and almost everything I do. Like, I want to be like Nike when it comes to storytelling. I want to be like Nike when it comes to design. I just feel like they do it right on every level. Like, yeah. I don't think they miss. I haven't... Um, like just a few minutes ago, I was just on Instagram and I saw like Nike just gave all their employees Juneteenth a pay holiday is an official pay wow. holiday. And that's huge. Nike is just like, I don't know. They're just that for me. They just <laughs> set the bar for everything. And well, it should be for everybody. Everybody should look to Nike for everything because they just always are doing the right thing in my eyes. So. The, yeah, they definitely do a lot. Right. I mean, there's a, I, I don't know how, I, I guess, it's, I think it's true. I mean, some of the stuff they did with uh, the way that some of the products are produced in like in like China and things, but maybe a bit questionable. But I mean, some of the, the messaging and the branding is on point. They, they've got it nailed. Um, yep, and the yeah. athletes that they, they take on as well. It, yeah, their branding is incredible. Um, yep. But yeah, so it is Nike, right? Not Nike. No, it's Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny people over here sure say Nike right too, now. so they say Nike over here too, uh-huh. and um, I- I'm always a stickler about people saying the check is not the check; it's definitely the swoosh. Yeah. The swoosh. I've yeah. never heard anyone call it the check. I've yeah, I've never heard the swoosh. They say it all the time over here, and I always correct anyone who says it wrong. Anytime. <laughs> anyone's ever referred to it with me i've always had the swoosh yeah I've really? well that's good yeah. maybe i need to live there then <laughs> yeah yeah i've definitely heard people call it the check too wow that's america i mean yeah i mean you, you won't be able to say adidas you can't say that if you're over here that's, uh, that's adidas or adidas yeah it's adidas all right oh, okay, okay adidas <laughs> well, like Puma, Puma i like that Puma. better anyway yeah <laughs> oh it's, yeah it's just a funny one um but that's, that's yeah, that's great. Um, so Jakob, uh, anything you want to know about working in sports design, because um, and creativity as well. I keep forgetting that we're you know, we're not just talking about design here. Um, yeah. Because like, this is an opportunity as well. This is why you're on the podcast. Like if you're 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 wanting to work in this field, so feel yeah, free to I, ask. I did mention on a on our podcast that I would love to do the new uniforms for uh, the Giants. I think we we could nice. benefit from new uniforms. Yeah. Uh, but I have no idea how we'd go about pitching that. Um, you say the best way to be seen is to do your own mock-ups, put it out on Twitter. Yep. Somebody is going to see it. If if it's really supposed to happen for them and they love your idea, you'll be found. Right, well, I know for what sure. I'm doing now. I'm going to get to work as soon as this is <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, especially with football, because like, like I said, we can't get enough of that here. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just think the uh, there's so many teams right now doing a great job with their uniforms. Uh, the Chargers look amazing. The Rams you like that rebrand? Okay. I like the, like Chargers the Chargers rebrand. Do you not? I do too. I love it. Oh, okay. I know yeah. they got a lot of mixed lot. feelings I, on I, it, I but love, I love it. They've yeah. I I remember when the word mark on its own came out with uh, oh yeah, just, just the logo, and everyone was a bit confused. Yeah. yeah, but I I always wait to see it in context before I kind of judge it. Mm-hmm. And when you see that 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 nice blue with the yellow. Uh, 
you know, bolt down the side and down the leg. It just it just comes together really nicely. Yeah. I like it a lot better than the Rams' new uniform. Yeah, I like the Chargers better than the Rams too. Yeah, which is weird because nobody watches the Chargers, unfortunately. <laughs> but they've got right. they might have the best unis now in the league. Yeah, uh, 49ers have a good uh, color rush. Pittsburgh have a good color rush. So. Jasmine, did it? Did you do some uniform design when you were at Bethune? Yeah, so like the I did it for three years. So we have um something called the Florida Classic. Um, in Florida, the two big, um, historically black colleges play each other, in like this big football game. Yeah. They usually have like ninety thousand to a hundred thousand people out there. Like it's packed and. Cool. College I was actually given the opportunity to design the uniforms for three years, and that's incredible. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I forgot. I forgot about that. How, how did you go around doing that? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about right. how did you, you go around doing that? Like, what's what? Where'd you start with designing a uniform? So I've always been into uniform design. It's probably how I got into just design. Period. Um, I've always been into. Like anything that stands out, like first thing I think about when I think about football is Louisville's helmets, like the red chrome helmets they wear. Uh, I and I think those are so sick. So I used that this year. I actually went with like a copper helmet and they wore like these football, Europe, European football, like you got <laughs> soccer inspired jerseys and they wore that together. I can see you guys a picture. It looks really cool. Um, and I did that this year and then the year before I did like a chrome silver helmet. Just something to stand out, just for people to just yeah. notice. So I went all out with it. Yeah. There's some definitely interesting ones in there in college football. Is it Ohio State that have like a lot of stickers on their yep. helmet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my team, actually. Is that your team? Hey, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who, who came out of Ohio State recently into the NFL. Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott was in mm-hmm. Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jeff Okuda Dwayne that got drafted. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins, yep. Ohio State Dwayne. usually has like a, a strong draft class like every yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. So. I only learn about the college players when it comes to the draft. I need to get better at watching um, college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, I was born in Connecticut, but didn't stay there very long. And... Uh, I think the Huskies are better for, you know, the Yukon is better for basketball, yeah, so, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. Women's basketball is their yeah, thing. And I, sure. I definitely want to get into that. And the WNBA. I want to get into the WNBA because I know the Connecticut Suns, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are, yeah, are doing really well. I think the Suns, right? I should know, yeah. I should know this. But... Yeah, it's the Suns. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do some uh, jerseys for, for them as well while I'm at it. I was gonna make a I've always joke. wanted to design USA basketball jersey. That would be like oh, yeah. the nah. biggest thing for me. I want to do that bad. I actually had a USA hockey jersey like back in the day. It was really big on mm. me though, so I kind of like gave it away to like one of my male friends. But I just I always loved like USA basketball. Their branding and like their design yeah. is so good. It's so good. Yeah, like the classics when when Jordan and uh, mm. Larry Bird are on the team and Magic Johnson on the. The Redeem team is the, the 2018 team. Mm-hmm. No, the, I'm talking the 2008 team with. Uh, oh, yeah, Brown. yeah, with, with Kobe and all of them, yeah. Yeah, that was. Redeem, what, team. Redeem team, yeah. They have some great jerseys as well. Anyone want to talk about uh, soccer jerseys? <laughs> uh, I think the last time I watched a English football game was 2010. <laughs> I feel uh, real bad. That is bad. I feel real bad. 
Yeah, Man United were my team. Manchester United were my team. But, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's my culture. I mean, sports design, sports card design as well. That's this is. Like we're talking about sports culture. It's all around design. If you think about it, like mm-hmm. you got you got cards designed, kits designed, logos designed, badges, you know everything. And this is why we're so important to the industry. And it's amazing to see people getting hired. And also, American sports design is is slightly different to to English. It's more out there. It's definitely got a harder, grungier style. Especially at the moment, this this there seems to be like a I don't know. It seems to be like this uh, sort of paper texture style, which is going around sports design industry at the moment. Uh, I wonder when do you think that trend will fall off? When do you think we'll see something new? <laughs> oh, I don't Some, even know if it will. <laughs> yeah, it does feel very sports. Like it's, it's, it feels great if, if that is that is sports. But it, everyone's using it now. And, and I look, I know in, inside the club I work for, it's um, it, we're trying to move away from trying to see how we can progress in a different way, and we, we're going to um, slightly get. Well, I think we're going to slightly move away from it. I know in my side of it we are, but. Uh, but yeah, it's always interesting talking about trends and and how how sports design can be um, interpreted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sports design might be one of the scariest ones as well because if you get something, you do something that upsets the fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People people were confused by the Colts had like a partial redesign, and people were conf- I think people were confused about that. Uh, I can't remember how well the Rams one went down. The uniforms with the gradients on the colors, I can't remember. I don't think that went down overly well. People killed the Falcons, too, with their uniforms. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like those anyway, but... I didn't like them either. That was terrible. The numbers are way too big, I think. It stretches The gradient was terrible, too. The gradient was... Yeah. Yeah. What's your pet peeve? The worst at ATL. What's, like, your pet peeve about (laughs) sports design? What do you really hate about it? Um... Like we were just saying, um, I feel like everybody's designing the same right now. Right. I like when somebody does something way out of the box or nobody was thinking of. That's that's the stuff that I really look at. Um, yeah, everything. Everybody just designs the same now, mm. which I don't like. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of retro kits coming out as well in the sports world, in the, in the football mm-hmm. world, um, soccer world, and I think I think it'd be interesting to see. Uh, Nike or Adidas not go down the retro route, but I don't know somehow somehow create something fresh which you haven't seen before. It's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what's happening in the sports world because as you as you step into your first job in it and move along with your career, it's, you develop you develop as a creative, and it's um it's interesting to see how you, the industry develops as well alongside you as a person. Um, but yeah. It, do you have any more any any advice or any tips of uh, working in sports design? Um, I would think my biggest advice is to find what you're good at or find what you're really into and stick to it. I know a lot of people want to be good at everything, but I always felt like it was best to be great at one thing. So just find like your niche. Nice. So do you mean like uh, like what motion design or, or right. graphic design or? Okay. Yeah. And then like what pursue it as in go and build a portfolio around it and then get hired at the sports team for for that one thing. For sure, I feel um more people are looking for someone that's really good at one thing. Um mm-hmm. if you were a videographer, a motion designer, and a graphic designer, I feel like those portfolios are 
not as elite as a person that's really focused on motion design or graphic design. Like you can tell the difference when you look at portfolios, what people are into. So Yeah. And it's definitely changed over the course of like the past, I would say eight years, because when I was in college, they were very adamant about like, okay, you need to learn everything. So that way, if you're recruited for something, like you can do, you can edit video, you can shoot video, you can talk on camera, you can write a story, you know? So I think now with the industry that we're seeing is that, okay, let's say the giants are hiring a graphic designer. They want like a really good graphic designer, but then separately they'll hire a motion designer because they want just one good motion designer. So I think it's definitely changed over the past couple of years. Um, Cause I, I think that was something that was stressed for me um, being a journalism student because they didn't want us to just write. They were just like, you need to learn how to cut, edit video. You need to be on camera, off camera. So yeah, I think now, um, it's funny because right now with my job, um, I am actually, I work more with graphic design than anything else and I never had any experience in it. And so that to your earlier question, that was also a very intimidating thing for me because I had so much creative control when I worked in football because I knew what I was doing. And now it's like, uh, graphic design, what? Like you want me to do what? So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's definitely like. I'm glad that I learned a lot of things, but at the same time, like now I can focus on like just being like good at one thing. That's yeah, really so. interesting because I, I almost feel like the opposite over here. Do you, Jacob, what do you mm-hmm. think about think about that? Do you, uh, do you think I you're think encouraged? early in like university, I, I had that opinion of I want to be great at anything, at every, at everything and everything. Um, getting into the industry now, working in brand and brand strategy. I've I've realized more and more that that's the thing that I want to do, and and that's the thing yeah. I want to be great at, and that's the thing I want to continue to be great at. Uh, and I'm I'm beginning to think it's okay that somebody can do motion better than I can because I I've got things I can do that other people can't do, and right. people have things that I can uh, that they can do that I can't do. Uh, my boss is uh, is someone who really uh, made me see that early, like just better to specialize and. Be, be the best in your field if you know and work to be as the best that you can possibly be yeah that's really that's well interesting because i oh man, that's great i great if that's what everyone's perspective is because i'd love to just focus on one thing because i I'm, I'm i'm being told to to learn everything and, and like learn motion design and learn animation and everything and it's great for a creative to try and do that but but yeah i definitely work on uh strengthening any weaknesses that I have or right. perceived weaknesses. But I know that I'm, you know, from nine to five, I'm going into a studio to work on branding. Mm. And I, I've just, to, to me, I, I love branding. Uh, it's something that I didn't realize that I loved until like the third year of uni, because I go in to do graphic design. They just kind of expose you to everything. And then right. once I got to the end of the course, I looked at my portfolio and went, I do a lot of branding, I've, I've realized. So. <laughs> And, and from that moment on, I kind of realized that, that that was the route for me. And I don't plan on deviating from, from that, D- doing doing the, uh, the Giants jerseys. Maybe it'd be more fun for me to do the Giants rebrand if they ever if they ever wanted to. Uh, that, that New York symbol was very synonymous with them. So I don't know if they'd ever want to part with it or want to add on top of it. But uh, it's, you know. It's good I, that you realized it. Right. Yeah. Go, go right. No, no, no. I, I was my, my point was finished pretty much. Go for it. No, I think it's good that you realized it early. I don't think yeah. I realized I was really into brand design until 
I want to say maybe three years ago. I didn't even know it was a thing, but I know I had a passion for um, making a brand speak for itself or just telling a story through your brand. So that's really good that you noticed it early. Yeah, I've I've actively tried to to better myself in that, whether it be, you know, buying more design books. I used to, I said this to you, Mark, that I used to buy um, shoes all the time. I have a lot of Air Force Ones over there. You guys, I, 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 you guys are just like dipping into Jasmine's whole territory right now. I, just have to, I have to put that out there because she is an avid shoe collector. Like you, if you looked at Jasmine's shoe collection, you'd be like, "Yo, what the f?" Like, oh, oh you got it. <laughs> That's in my cart right now on Amazon. That's funny. I'll tell you what, it's, like, it's on my wish list too. It's yeah, not, that's sick. I, I'll admit it's not mine. It's my sister's boyfriend's, but it's an incredible book. Um, that's cool. It's well worth buying. I'm gonna get I it soon. Oh my gosh, Jasmine! I just got a Virgil Abloh's book. Oh, he has a book. Yeah, hang on, let me grab it. Hang on, it's up. It's way up on the shelf. (laughs) You guys should see this girl's secret collection. And it's you know it goes from his entire history of um, this is the special edition one. Wow, I'm gonna write that down because I'm gonna get that too. Yeah, so like (laughs) I think you can get it for uh, new for like 111 pounds or something, but on Amazon it was like 50 quid. Sorry, eBay, it was on for £50. Pounds. Okay. Goes through his entire history of him, you know, with Off-White and him with um, Kanye, everything. You know, and his, his shoes as well. It's an incredible book, really. Wait, who's that? So I, I hate to interrupt. I hate to interrupt, but I have a meeting with my boss in like oh, two sorry. minutes. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I wish I could stay. I wish I could stay on and talk to you guys like longer. But I I usually have one on ones with my boss like every other week, so he scheduled it for today, and I was like, no, but I just I just have to go anyway. So no this problem. is great. I really appreciate you guys like having me on and me and Jasmine on. Like it was it was very um, necessary for us to go through and like talk about stuff. And I just, I really appreciate it. So I just want to say well, thank you before I go. Well, thank you too. Cause I think it was important for us to learn, you know, and listen and, you know, so we could have a, a, a better perspective of, of the world around us and, you know, be able to, we, we can't physically walk in somebody else's shoes, but the more we learn about it and the more we educate ourselves, the more well-rounded we become and the more, yeah. you know, the world for sure. changes for the better if more people are more willing to learn and open up and be vulnerable yeah for sure i'll definitely send you guys my audio and um Jakob, i want you to keep in touch with me because with me being in new york like i could uh, always stumble upon like people from the giants so i will definitely be more than happy I, to push cool. your stuff i will definitely keep in touch with you yes i didn't think that a cowboy fan would help me with the giants but <laughs> that that's amazing I, yeah no, it's okay. it's okay. The 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 connection is is wide range, so I yeah, I'm definitely here. We for both that. love football at the end of the day, regardless of which <laughs> yes. team. Even if we're division rivals, it, yes. it works out. All right, guys, yeah. I will talk to you soon, and I'll send you yeah. my audio. All right, thank, thank you. Very much. Appreciate you, Jasmine. Bye. Do you have five minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Amazing. All right. Yeah, that. I mean, things are happening. Jacob, things are happening. Hey, You'll be working in New York soon. It's a dream of mine. It's a dream of mine. I love New York. I love the diversity. We talked about it a little bit in our podcast, you and I, Mark. But New York is one of the most diverse places in in America. It's full of, you know, black, white, uh, people like me, Mexican. I I just think if you are surrounded by other cultures, you're better off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we call it the melting pot. 
We call New right. York, and then we call DC a melting pot. It was, yeah, I think that's similar, similar to London. I, in a, in a way, so I, I, when I went to New York, I mean, it's, it's like London, but on like on steroids. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, people, people call London Manchester on steroids. But like, yeah. Pff, New York's New so, York's yeah. full on. I've been to New York as a baby, so I have no recollection of it. I was born in 97 in Connecticut, and I moved, well, I moved. My parents moved back and took me with them in a, in 99. So I only I was only there for like zero to two years old. Oh, okay. And I, and I mentioned that maybe me trying to get back there is trying to find what I, what I missed, you know, mm-hmm. explore Connecticut a bit more, explore New York a bit more. Yeah. There's, there's so much inspiration in New York that uh, I, I feel like I need to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many cool designers up there. Maybe we should do a Creative for Podcast Tour 2022 America. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all of it, all of America, all in one day. Um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, is there any, anything else you want to mention? I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll be asking you to come back on the podcast and, and chat more and yeah, bring some other cool. people on as well. But uh, is there anything else you want to you want to ask Jacob? Um, uh, I I think we cleared my list. That's for sure. I think I've I'm glad that I got to sit. This is my first co-hosting time. The first time really on a podcast as a co-host, uh, and I I wanted to listen and learn. That that was my my main main takeaway from that. And you've given me so much to think about. So thank you so much for that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, same, same here. Apart from I host the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, you're used to it by now. I'm, I'm a rookie. <laughs> uh, yeah, and are you already working with the Giants soon? <laughs> you're already there. You know, fingers crossed. I'd, I'd love that. I'd absolutely love that. Uh, but yeah, no, we we got a couple of questions. I'd be like to ask the guests at the end. Um, first okay. of all, what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars? What? <laughs> That came out of that field. Best purchase <laughs> under a hundred dollars. Oh my god, we we'll have to come back to that. That's tough. That's the easiest of the next three questions. Oh, you know what? I have some fly knit um running shoes. It was like when the when fly knit first came out, and when I was working for Nike, I got them for a dollar. Wow. And they're like they're like rainbow color, and they're the best running shoes I ever had in my life. So I'm gonna say those. Um, nice, nice answer. Yeah. Dollar. Um, they were fly knit freeze. Yeah. After when they come first up. came out. The only thing I've ever bought for a dollar. Is it? Is <laughs> they a were a dollar because I was working there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, I already got you off. Yeah, like you say, it's, it's, yeah, you can't can't get anything for a dollar. I mean. That's the perks of working in the industry, I guess. Is you pick sure. up these things. Um, the next question is: yeah, Do you have, do you have any life advice for anyone listening? Anything uh, non-design related? And they don't. Uh, sorry, these get like really hard at the end of the, end of the podcast. Uh, I would just reiterate what I said before: It's just finding your niche, finding something that you're passionate about, and building on it from there. That's the best advice I could give. Yeah, love it. Um, next one is uh, is what gets you up in the morning. What keeps what makes you motivated? Oh, um, I have two nephews. They're twins, and um, 
I think they motivate me more than they um, realize. They're only four years old, but um, they're just so curious and willing to learn and just want to know everything about what I do. And I feel like they motivate me to be better just for them, for sure. That's lovely. That's really, really oh, nice yeah, answer. I love that answer. Uh, the last question. is a very important thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Um, the last question that we ask everyone on the podcast is, is how do you want to be remembered? But I want to spin it a little bit. Uh, how do you want um, Black Originals to be remembered as well? Ooh. I want Black Originals to be remembered as a brand, as a fearless brand. I want them to be remembered as fearless. Yeah. Not scared to tackle any issues, not scared to tackle just anything that was scared to be said. I don't want Black Originals to shy away from that. I want them to be fearless. Love it. So I think I think we've covered like fulfilled that a little bit on this podcast as well. So yeah, yeah, appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very very much for coming on the all podcast. Right. Nice to meet you all. Follow me. You I want to keep yeah. in touch with you guys. Um, I'm, I'm Jazzy Creative as... on Instagram. Yeah. Jazzy Creative. That's my name. So nice. I'm going it right now. I'm following all right, right now. cool. I'll follow back. <laughs> and where where can you where can everyone uh, check out the Black Originals as well? Um, the Black Originals is on. We have our own site. Is T H E B L K originals. We don't spell black fully out. We just do the B L K. And Let's same thing on Instagram and same thing on Twitter. Nice. Love it. Um, yeah, there you go. That's the podcast. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Yakub, how do you find hosting your first podcast? It's, it's definitely a different experience to, uh, to guesting. Uh, I have to be on the. The other side of the table, I have to be the one asking the questions, but I, I wanted to be the one that was listening and learning, especially with this important topic. So hopefully it's something that I improve upon uh, as I do more of it, hopefully, you know, uh, but it was it was definitely an important one to be on. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought me on board. Thanks. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Um, it's something we need to keep talking about as an industry. Uh, and, and hopefully this conversation continues f- further than this podcast. Um, people need to look, you know, look at their own selves and, and look at uh, the people around them and uh and just yeah just educate themselves and that's one of the been, been one of the main things from this conversation the one i had with damien keep learning that's that's the most important thing as long as we keep educating ourselves we're bettering ourselves every day oh.